0: Again,
1: and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast.
0: Blue and yellow till we die. I'm Ian Tiny Morris, and
1: I'm Simon Sansbury. And this is, is live, live means, means Life. live. And yes. here we
0: are, absolutely live recording for those folk who have taken the New Year's Eve strategy of actually, do you know what? The fireworks aren't be really worth it. I'm going to go to bed now.
1: Yes, so. Yes, um, I, can, I can see a comment from, from my friend Stephen Lorne that's saying that it was a collapsing classic for me not pressing record. That's great. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks Steve. Um, that's brilliant. Well, as long as people can hear, that's a good thing. So um, let's, let's not deprive people of the intro. we spent literally nothing on that no and to be fair you can tell
0: you have got the opportunity should you wish to interact with us this evening yes you can call us on Ooh. 07 475 837 999 this is not an emergency
1: that is indeed the case um but if you want urgent conversations about about leaving the European Union um or about Brexit um then you can do those but yes um Yes, you can call us. You, we we have we have the technology. I'm not so sure about the brains, no. but we have the ability to take calls. So if you if you want to join us now, then please do. Um,
0: now, this is always a, the wonderful part of every broadcast is that I just get to sit here and talk nonsense, and Simon has keyboards and mixing <laughs> desks and switches so call in as it will make his life thoroughly more entertaining and i will just do the traditional job of talking nonsense
1: well that, you know that's okay but we're, we're not trying to say that there's any link between nonsense and our political affiliations we're here to mark this evening together i do notice though that your microphone is like blocking half your face half
0: my face it yeah. must be an extraordinary big rug. let's just move that to one side so people can, can yeah. admire the, the, the warm and rugged good looks that I still remain after 50 years uh, doing what I do with a, a paper round that was all uphill and a bicycle with square wheels So,
1: well you know
0: yeah, yeah these things happen so Simon it, it's, it's Brexit day it's been a journey The road is long, with many a winding turn that takes us to who knows where, who knows when. How 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 have we come to be here, sir?
1: Well, it's yeah. Funny you should ask that because it's it has um, it's been a long and winding road. I've got a text message and it's not on the studio phone, so I might have to go and grab that in a second. Oh, this is so um. I apologize I didn't turn that off. That's probably someone saying that actually they can't hear us. So hey people that are the two people that are watching, can you hear us okay? Say something in the comments.
0: We've got two. We've got an audience we, we've of We have an audience of two. One of them is Stephen, who's been yep. fantastic so far.
1: Yep, he, he helped me um test the the dial in technology yesterday. Uh so that was really good. Um so yeah, so it kind of starts way back when in, in nineteen seventy
0: two. 1972 I would have been three you would have been
1: Oh well I was born in 1972
0: so just well, well not yet though uh,
1: not at this point in the year no no no. no. So, no. I was six weeks early um, and it, I've been late to everything else ah, since marvelous. so um, yes I was I was born in 1972 so I wasn't even yet taking up an incubator in St Mary's Hospital at this point
0: so we've we've wanted to join the EEC, as it was at the time. We did. And, but I believe we had rocked up historically before and said, "Can we join, please?"
1: Yeah, we kind of we did the kind of hey, excuse me, please. We knocked on the door. Can we uh, can we come in? Um, so yeah, so the so the European Coal and Steel Community um, formed in 1952. Um, and then the Treaty of Rome was in 1957 that, that basically created the Euro- European Economic Area, the um, sorry European Economic Community, the EEC, um, which was the forerunner to the EU. Uh, we uh, we made an application to join in January 1963.
0: And they welcomed us with open arms?
1: No, uh, no. Say no, no, no. Uh, French President uh, Charles de Gaulle actually um, vetoed our attempt to join the European Union, I, I believe, because he. Um, was it something about us being a maritime nation, and us being an island country? Um, um, so uh, yeah. So I'm just going to turn Ian up a little bit because Tracy's saying that Ian's a little bit muffled. Oh, it, if not, actually, his mic is a bit far away. Let me move the. Let's let try. Because I don't. I don't want you missing. I don't want you deprived of Ian. No. No. Who, that, would, who
0: would want that? Indeed.
1: Is that better, Tracy? I
0: think there's a. Oh, that's that sounding more resonatory in my yeah. cans. Okay. Which sounds faintly rude. But so do, we'll, we'll move on. Yes. So but Charles do, de Gaulle Do shout out in
1: the comments yeah. if you if you have any problems um or just want us to shut up. What um, questions? Because we'll take questions? Yes, all questions. Um, so if you're too scared to call um, I should advise that you will be going live on Facebook, so please do try not to swear cuz we fucking won't. So um, <laughs> so,
0: so Charles de Gaulle has yep, said non monsieur. Yep. C'est avec Champignon avec un grand
1: Did you kinda of get all of that off the side of a Vesta packet? Or no,
0: something? no. Uh, no, no, no. Je suis une grande bibliothèque.
1: <laughs> okay. I think we're really struggling now. Um so yeah, so the um the Conservative well the then Conservative leader, um, Edward Heath, um stood with a manifesto in the nineteen seventy general election with in his campaign to to, and he stated that further integration um, with, with the European Community would not happen except with the full-hearted consent of the people and parliaments of the member states. So, which is kind of a, which is interesting because it's a kind of situation that we have now. There was a law passed during the coalition that said if there was any further uh, move towards um, further integration, then it would have to be put back um, to the to the people in the UK. Obviously, that's. No longer required now. No, no um, it's not. No, because you know it's done. Mm. Is it done yet? Not yet. Is it done yet? No, not is yet. Is it done yet? No, we're is it, nearly. Is it there. done yet?
0: No, hold your breath. Hang on for the next twenty-two. The one thing no, we don't we didn't do have that. is a clock. <laughs> no, no, we've 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 got. Millsy is is focused, I think, and and to be fair, he will. Um, he okay, will probably a
1: Yes, so we've got that. So that so that kind of takes us up to that point. So then there was a general election in February 1974, and the Labour Party were kind of split onto whether they would be in favour of um, of uh, remaining in uh, the European Community um, or not, or trying. What they were saying was that they were
0: on just one second.
1: Hang on, it gets better. No, no. What What they were campaigning on was that they were saying that they were going to they were going to negotiate a better deal.
0: Hang about.
1: I've heard that somewhere before. Gonna <laughs> negotiate a better deal and put it to the people? Is that a, is, It's almost like they took the 1970s manifesto.
0: Well, <laughs> he's looked at the 74 manifesto and said, hang about, lads. I've found it. Let's just blow the dust off it. Stick a new badge on it.
1: Are you talking about the manifesto or Jeremy Corbyn?
0: A bit of both. A bit of both. <laughs> so. stick a, Stick a jar of organic jam in its left hand and away we go.
1: Well, that's great. Um, we're, we've been joined by the the one, the only, Dave Ashmore, the Dave. lovely
0: Dave Ashmore. Hey, Dave. Oh, you see, now
1: we're waving at you. You can't wave back. But, no, we can't. but no. but, but do feel there, free to call in. Yeah, there, so, is, there um, is
0: a man in terms of local politics, indeed. Who, let us be fair. If you're a Lib Dem and everybody likes you, you've had to work pretty hard. So, Dave hey. Dave. Uh, sorry, no. So, Dave Ashmore, he he wouldn't have liked. The, he probably looked at the seventy four general election. It would have been one fish, two fish. I don't, know, I don't fish. think Dave
1: was alive in the nineteen seventy-four general not? election. To oh, be he fair, he sounds older.
0: But we'll move on. Seventy-four general election. Should I stay or should I go? It's the Stranglers. Yeah. Um, it's not gone well. Seventy-four. Rest of the set. We joined.
1: Um, yeah. Well, we'd actually already joined. So this was this was the thing. we we'd actually already joined because um, the government of the day had actually um, vote, um, passed through Parliament us joining actually the economic. Uh, the European Economic Community. Um, Dave saying that he's waving back. Um, nice. And, uh, but then um, because Labour actually, so Labour won a minority government in ni- in February in 1973, sorry 74. Um, but then had another general election in October 1974. Maybe there's a bit of that coming. Yeah, I don't think so because you know there's, it's not like there's a minority going keep around. Moving, um, so um, yes, so basically their October 74 general election had manifesto was a pledge to renegotiate. The terms and put them to the public. Did they? Well, yeah, because they had the referendum. in oh, they did seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um there's. A, what's the saying? Is that some things change and some things, things stay remain the same? The same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some things remain the same. Uh, yeah. Sorry, give it up. Right. Up. So, if we kind of like skip the intervening. Thirteen. Well, seventy-five. Years. I think
0: we should ask the question: Was it fifty-two forty-eight? Uh, no,
1: it was sixty-seven point two versus thirty-two
0: point seven. Oh, that's a super majority. That is. Uh,
1: the turnout was sixty-four point six percent, and um, it was it was actually the um, the yeses was actually uh, seven, uh, 17 million odd. It was actually just slightly lower than actually the vote leave vote in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, with so all these things of, it's the biggest vote we've had. If you if by biggest you mean the largest number of votes, or do you mean the most significant? If you mean the most significant then you can argue it. But if largest, there were actually several other votes that took place in the intervening 30, 40 years that had a greater turnout and had more people voting in them. But nonetheless...
0: 75, we're 70,
1: in. 75, so the British public say we're in, with even... Um,
0: Hideous second half of the 70s, Marvelous Gem Strikes, campaign for, campaign Cole, for Brown being really popular. Thatcher in 79, mm-hmm. all looking tits up. Falkland's 82, saves her. She's back in again. It's all gone a bit muddy. Yeah. Major, grey. I'd like some peas with that, Edwina. Uh, spitting image. We um, are the party of family well, values. Family values. Apart from the fact that, cool oh dear God. I mean, I could see back then in Edwina curry. Oh, he?
1: Do. Obviously, he liked
0: a bit of curry. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. Would you like to pop it on with that? No, move on. So he's then gone, Mr. Tony Blair, as I've always referred to him. Lovely fella. Nice. Or
1: talk. as the Momentum referred to him as that Tory guy.
0: Yeah, wait no lovely smile, warm smile, big smile. Things look. could only get better. Slightly, I'm going to do my Tony Blair look, smile turn back marvellous and so he's there gordon mm. brown text you like son lays me down with my mind he runs he's been as popular as the plague
1: and we should learn from gordon brown and make sure that we turn off the mics before we say anything we shouldn't say <laughs> the, um,
0: what was her name hideous ghastly northern woman well she was the hideous them, ghastly okay. northern woman yeah yeah so uh, he's gone in comes call me dave yep And here's where the story... But We should almost be playing our tune. We didn't queue that up, did we? But
1: but was the... Was was Dave Cameron, being a David Cameron, call me Dave, being elected, pre-told by Love Actually? Because in Love Actually, the new Prime Minister, played by Hugh Grant, is called David, right? Yeah. Um, And they refer to... So it's kind of a bit of a hint about the Blairs because they refer to um cuz he's actually a, a bachelor which obviously David Cameron wasn't um but they refer to um the previous occupants having loads of kids which is the you know the blairs not the, the camerons and the Bla- i don't I can't remember where, whether who's got more kids but nonetheless were we conditioned by by Richard Curtis to vote for David Cameron
0: Now I've got to get this right Richard Curtis was Blackadder Yep He wasn't he wasn't responsible for the Rocky Horror Picture Show was he No no who was that
1: that oh good grief that was oh I, I can little see little fella him. yes I can see him but I can't
0: little fella um, uh, Richard yeah ri- oh. Richard oh god oh um, come on somebody type type what was his name Richard little fella
1: Richard, Richard come on who's going to get it audience ooh, participation come who's on. got it look you guys aren't aren't like trying to run a podcast you could type why are you doing this or have you fallen asleep already but anyway Richard Richard O'Brien
0: Richard O'Brien who was succeeded by Ed Tudor Pole who was responsible he was lead singer of Ten Pole Tudor Swords of a Thousand Men
1: okay we've Um, gone there. right um, Steve Steve? Ian Ian is taking us on a tour of the dusty parts of the LP store in the record shop yeah absolutely Um, so
0: so but your man's got a problem hasn't he Yes. No, no, no. Let me speak. What? you Nigel Farage.
1: Uh, to be fair, I've in, in I have not in my notes. I've not mentioned Farage.
0: It, that was my Nigel Farage. Was no, it? no, no. Let me. It speak.
1: sounds it sounds awfully similar to your Boris Johnson. No. It does. There's I'll a I'll thing.
0: Like, I'll work on that. I w- we'll okay. fix that in post.
1: Anyway, before before people actually fall asleep. Nope. So, um, as we will all remember, on the twenty third of June, nineteen. 19- 23rd of June, 2016. We had the referendum as to whether we were going to stay, should we stay or should we go, the in-out referendum that David Cameron had promised um, in his manifesto because he didn't expect to actually win a majority and then accidentally did. Um,
0: But to be fair, first off, mm -hmm. he went to the EU and said, come on, lads, I don't really want to leave. This boy, Farage, is hacking at my hamstrings with a rusty spoon what can you give me that i can take back and say ignore him just vote to remain and all will be well
1: yeah see the 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 problem with that is is that although there are some kind of variables bet- between some member states um by and large in order to have a membership organisation of a, a basically a, a legally based membership organization with 28 different members you've all got to be following the same rules you can't really have one set of rules for one and another because it doesn't really work i mean that's the whole point that's why the single market works yeah. that's why the customs union works we can't have kind of differentiation but um, that was his thing the, wasn't it that and, was
0: that was his yeah but it,
1: but but so, but some of that is, a, is some of that is a red herring to be honest with you because uh, you know the, the whole thing about kind of control over migration we had we had the control over migration it was the Labour government that decided not to take advantage of the seven-year cooling period before um, Poland and um, Romania joined the EU to, before their uh, before their citizens would have been able to come to the countries They could have done that. So other countries did. Um, I think it was uh, they were they were kind of predicting it would be about you know when Poland joined the EU they were they were thinking it would be about eighteen thousand people uh, a year, and it turned out to be obviously um, more than that. But it's. But we've had control mechanisms that allow us to um, to send back people that don't have the means to support themselves or don't have a job. Yep. After three months, um, and other European countries are actually quite happy to actually use those use those tools that are actually already um, in the Maastricht Treaty. So that you know, it kind of seems a bit of a red herring to say we've not we've not got any control. We've got you know we we do have we did have we have had control. We did actually have control of our borders because. You actually still have to go through customs checks. We're not part of Schengen. Nope. So, so anyway, um, revisiting the argument, um, I keep flogging that dead horse. No, um, no. How and is that horse? It's still not going to win the races. It? Um, yeah, um, so, yeah. so, so the f- referendum went the way it went, went went the way it did. Closely one thing. Obviously, everybody knows how it went. Um, different people have different things to say about how it went. Um, but
0: I, I'm absolutely. Too. And this is where so much has gone on since. And I still and I'll I'll I will sit there and say if anybody is unhappy with the result, and many people are, if you want to start pointing the finger, and many do, the Lib Dems staked out their tents fairly early and said, We are remainers. And almost every Lib Dem voted remain you you kippers and you those on the right of the Conservative Party said, we want to leave. They staked out their tents and they voted leave. The Conservative Party fundamentally split and we'll, we'll touch on the three years after. Some voted leave, some voted remain. Which leaves us the Labour Party. Well, Greens, they were all Remainers, they remained. The Labour Party, you looked at them as a party and said, that is a Remain party. However, my chum and source of endless posting over the last three years, the magic granddad, Jeremy Corbyn, has always been anti EU. And his lacklustre approach to campaigning to Remain, and I will say it, and people will say, oh, you're yeah, just blaming Corbyn because you hate him. Well, no, I. Well, yeah, but yeah. but the yeah. fact was his lacklustre. We, we've cam- only got ten minutes. His lacklustre campaign meant that uh, the Midlands and the North did not vote as expected and voted to leave, and that was the tipping point. And it's why almost every remain uh, every leaver woke up on the morning, and I remember I remember vividly checking my phone at about half past two when my aging bladder forced me to get up for a wee and i thought oh my god leaves going to win this because i voted remain see
1: um um i mean i know there are particular particular situ- reasons why why um, Why well you went that way? Because of where you where you working at the time? The impact, no, the impact, and the and, and have... to be
0: fair, my, uh, I'll be very. I've been very clear that I voted to remain not because I particularly wanted to remain in the EU, but because I was very, I was certain that leaving the EU would be inexorably painful, and potentially would be economically damaging. So. <sighs> whilst um, I wasn't no necessar- proved you
1: wrong yeah um,
0: well whilst I wasn't necessarily happy to stay it, it was the hmm. it, it was the path so, of least resistance
1: so uh, to, be, to be honest with you I, do, I don't I mean I, I don't know kind of how much use it is to kind of mill over old ground but um, personally I think actually there were some things that the Leave campaign the Leave campaign had an easier thing to sell yep um, they did have um to be fair large portions of the of the print media are actually behind them who spent the last 30 years this guy called johnson who wrote some wrote some articles about bananas and cucumbers and stuff um who, who you know basically um very, telling us that the year was 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 a bad thing very phallic um remember we're live yeah. i mean i'm sure there aren't any kids listening but um, we
0: past the watershed uh, we're, we're I well think we can say i shed. think we can say bananas cucumbers um, so and phallic in the same sentence
1: i, I think we can but i, I just didn't know whether you were stopping. Keep. So, but actually, I think so. Although the Leave campaign actually did a blinder. They had some really good um, sound bites. They had some really good sentences that could kind of get across. You know, take back control. Um, you know, those those sorts of things were really kind of easy for them. Easy for them to sell. Um, as was the imp- building on the impression that um that there was control that people didn't have that had been taken away from them, and that was the useful. Even though I disagree that it was the EU's fault, but nonetheless they did a they did a good job of do that doing that. They did a good job of identifying um, of identifying disenfranchised voters or people that weren't even registered to vote and encouraging them to actually bother to vote. So they did well in that respect. And alongside that, not only did the government of the day not plan at all for Leave winning, nope, which is what caused part of the chaos afterwards. Um, but also the the Remain campaign fought a campaign of um, this is why you shouldn't leave yep. instead of this is why you should stay um, and and I think actually to be fair it was something that you said who wants to be in a relationship where all you hear all the time is you shouldn't leave me because you can't survive on your own or you can't you know you're, yeah, yeah. you're basically you know all this sort of stuff you're not going to get a good job or you know yeah. all those all sorts of things you've got to have a reason to kind of stay and I think that the, the, the the gap between what Europe is actually about, and I think what the large, what to most people in the UK think it's about, what it's for, and what it does for them, I think there's a massive gap. And is it there's a, I don't mean education from a stupidity point of view. I mean a, from a, um, just from a point of view of not knowing how it works, not understanding what what bits do what and where there is accountability and why it isn't perfect by from a you Good. know by a long shot, but we never really made the case of, this is a good thing because we do this, or this is a good thing because it helps us do this. This is a good thing because it helps us export to 600 million customers without any tariffs or checks. This is a good thing because it means that we can um, stand up against other trade blocks in the world and actually um, uh, uh, and actually reach decent trade deals with them because we're a, we're a larger block. Um, we can deal with environmental issues together as a mass of countries rather than just little old England trying to do one thing and then, you know, France doing something else. So it, it, there are benefits to us doing things together, but we yep. never sold those arguments. We never nope. sold, And it's really strange because the, here's the contradiction, is the... Five minutes, by the way. Um, yep. Here's the contradiction, is that we have a, a successful union of our own. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Four, and four countries working together. Yeah, and,
1: and we have our own single market and our customs. Well, we've had a customs union, effectively yep right um so we understand why why and how a customs union needs to work and how a single market needs to work because we have one on our united kingdom we understand how how representation does or doesn't work and how it causes frustration for representation in different parts of the country because you know scotland northern ireland and wales um, have their devolution, but how much of their affairs are they in, in control of? Yep. How much is that kind of them pretty much effectively being overvoted, outvoted by the larger number of people in England all the time? So there's, there's, to me there's a there's a larger piece about how we deal with how the democratic deficit within our own union. But it se- to me it seems um, sad that as a country that is a union that formed its own single market, yep. its own customs union that works that had. You know, disparate countries that were previously fighting each other, you know, in in, in history. Um, Working together for the common good in a prosperous and successful partnership at that. Um, It's sad then that we would withdraw from a larger union because I think that we had so much to gain from it and so much to share with them.
0: But we are where we are. Yeah, and I think there is a a very interesting parallel there because I look at the... I, I kind of look at it through the lens of of that sort of mutual collaboration the working together piece there is no reason why that cannot continue i think the the piece which made it all very it, it boiled down to money and it was that element of you pay to be a membership a member of a club and i think you, you touched on it earlier well if we're all members of the club we all chip in there's a there's a kind of a you know, you can't call your own rules because you're the biggest fish in the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and you looked at it and you said, well, everybody chips in some money dependent on how much they can afford to pay. And then, and again, I've never quite understood the, we get some of that money back.
1: Yeah, so we, we the rebate is, um, as I understand it, so this is the rebate that Margaret Thatcher secured, yep. was because... Um, I'm just keeping an eye on the clock. Three yep. minutes to go. Um, was was because we don't uh, we don't actually do very well out of the Common Agricultural Policy yeah. because we don't have, we don't have as many farmers, for example, yep. as France do. So um, so although that they they get you know their farmers actually get quite substantial payments out of that, we don't do so well because we don't we don't have as many, um, and therefore. The, the rebate is effectively to kind of offset that, and uh, and uh, the parts that we, we kind of don't uh, absolutely. use. Absolutely. So, so there's a.
0: But it then becomes a complex sum, isn't it? That that you say, well, we chuck in some, we chuck in more than most, but we get some of it back because we don't do as well. And I think it then becomes a much more to your point. You know, you're asking somebody to analyse what is a very complex set of sums and checks and balances which when you then come up against the soundbite of take back control well mm-hmm. that's a much more easy argument to yeah. make and if we accelerate on with three minutes to go so vote one yeah. David Cameron exited stage yeah. left. He Bo- left Bojo who was for me he was the interesting character that kind of almost in a corbyn style couldn't decide which side of the line he was going to jump and in the end chose to jump We're there.
1: Hang on. What? We're there. Hey I
0: said three minutes. i
1: By the way, is not our fault. That's where I'm stealing it from.
0: Yeah. So there was the European Parliament bidding us farewell. We have now left the EU.
1: Yes. So. Wow. And here we are. We're in a situation. So now we cease to be a member. Yes. Um. But we still got to follow the rules. So in an exercise that's about taking back control. We are now in a situation where we have to follow all of those rules because we're in a transition period, but we don't know what we're transitioning to, because we've got until December oh. this year to um,
0: agree to actually agree yeah.
1: a new trade deal or not agree a new trade deal or to do whatever it is that we're going to do. So, um, so there's some there's some dates around that actually um, that um, so we've got oh we've got some more comments.
0: So let's just be aware. At Whoa. the moment, because I think there's some important things that we need to touch on.
1: Dave's re- Dave and Kimberly are reporting that there are fireworks going off yeah. in, in there next to the woods, so that's in Fratton and in Milton.
0: That was just superb. But what I would like to say, and I'd like to point out at this point to some of the more extreme Remainers, we're not dead yet.
1: Um, hang on. Get my phone? He's run away. Yeah
0: that's fine that's a, that's leave means leave that leave has meant leave he's right. left he's back good lord That d- let's not go there so oh, I've stabbed myself in the eye <laughs> that wasn't
1: good yeah don't do that no. um, so um, but that's not a metaphor for that's not a metaphor oh god no no There no, we I'd, go I'd, uh, I'd also that's not a metaphor for Brexit um, no you're, you're quite right at the end of the day somewhere between the everything will be fine yep and the it's the end of the world is the rea- is the reality of the, pragmatic uh, and sensible yep. people will find ways to do things. the The trouble is, is that the people that we've got organising it aren't necessarily the best people I'd want to trust to organise. You know, you're going to bung a couple of hundred million to a ferry company that doesn't have ferries and stuff like that. But it's you know, planes aren't going to drop out of the sky. Um, yes, we're still going to want to there. buy and sell goods to each. You know, we're going to still yep. want to buy and sell with each. We're still sell things with each other. The question is. How difficult will those things be and where there's difficulty, there's cost and where there's cost that either ends up hitting that business, if it's a small business or it ends up hitting the customer. So um, we but at the end of the day, those decisions are now completely in the hands of the government because the government, the conservatives have got a stonking majority. They've literally got basically a blank check with which to to do what they want. They've got an opposite situation of the corner that Theresa May painted herself into by making it even more difficult for her to negotiate a successful agreement by calling an election she didn't need to have and then needing to
0: You had to take me back to the 2017 election. <laughs> but, but yeah, had, no, see, no, I, I, no, absolutely. There's, yeah.
1: there's a bit of me that can't help wondering, had Boris Johnson not stood down in the leadership election in 2016, mm. would we be in this place Eighteen
0: months early? No, no. I think yes. Well, yes, I think we would because I and, think,
1: and that would have been better, I think, for everybody.
0: I, I think so. Um, I think there is an element of uh, it's kind of it's that beauty of hindsight, isn't it? It's the only time I ever have t- twenty twenty vision, which is that. But
1: we are two thousand and twenty, so, so we have got twenty twenty exactly vision.
0: Exactly that. Much as it, it's not much cop. But there's an element of had Theresa May not made such an undeniable horse's ass of the whole affair um, you know there, there's that question that says well when Boris popped up and said get Brexit done get get Brexit done would there have been such overwhelming charging towards it if it not have been for the fact that we're all sick of it well it's <laughs> the, the long and the short of it isn't it it's that kind of element of you know Again, it's a tipping point moment, very similar for me to the, the 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 leave election itself, which is the traditional Labour heartlands. Said we'd like to vote in a Conservative MP, please.
1: Well, I, I think um, see, I mean, the, the, it, it's really see. This is this is the thing: is that um, people that people that wax lyrical about um, political situations, or you know, even people in political parties, will. Tend, tend to infer tend to infer and draw conclusions as to what why particular types of people voted for them or didn't vote for them and which particular message it was that didn't cut through or whether it was this issue or it was th- it was that issue and the truth is we don't know for sure unless someone's done polling that says it because at the end of the day in the same as the ballot box in 2016 was leave or remain the ballot box in December last year was you know was whoever the MPs were you know the PPCs in, in your area so we don't know for sure but I, I think that from what I heard from from listening to people um, and engaging with people a lot of people there were still a lot of people on either extremes that were really exercised and really wanted to um, and basically really wanted their own way um, and weren't basically at, at any cost yep okay um and you know to me the people that wanted brexit at any cost and the people that wanted remain at any cost were as um as unhelpful to the common good yep right because in the middle there's actually everyone else who's just trying to get on with their life and you know try to afford their food and you know to heat their homes yeah, so know, to, to feed to, their families and, and do do normal kind of things and just want something to kind of get on and actually be done and i think the public had kind of lost patience with basically the dither and delay and the dither and the delay and I know I, I can appreciate that on that to some people that is the fault of um sorry I'm going to silence my phone that is the fault of remainers like me who campaign to try and have a confirmatory vote um, or people that decided to you know have policies that said that in the exceedingly unlikely event that they got a majority that you know they they cancelled article 50 then then we were to we, you know we were to blame and and you know maybe there's a bit of that but i wonder there's a there's a bit of me in my kind of self reproachment, kind of yep. thinking do you know what had then had there been no hope had there not been a glimmer of hope open then there wouldn't have been anything on which to build the people's vote campaign. There wouldn't have been anything to no. build that on. No. And um, if, if I'm honest, had Brexit been managed in a more effective and competent way, um, then as much as I still wouldn't, you know, I still don't think it's the right thing to do, we at least wouldn't have been in a situation where, to be honest, people that didn't want it to happen would have had the false hope of there's a way we can stop it. Yep. Um, and the people that wanted it to happen wouldn't have been frustrated about the fact that it wasn't happening, and everyone else wouldn't wouldn't have been stuck in the middle saying, "For crying out loud, can you just, just, just get, get on, with it. on and, with it?"
0: And I think that's where, for me, you know, if I look at the People's Vote campaign, and you know, you and I bantered over it many times, you know, over the course of, I, I think, until we got into those final few weeks, I I still my kind of, fear is the wrong word, but my belief was that we were headed towards a hung parliament and a people's vote. And the 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 only time when I finally did the we're going to get this done is when that 368 got projected onto the side of the BBC studio. When, I've got to be honest, I did the bloody hell, we've won. And we've won in such a big way mm-hmm. that there is no longer any ambiguity I, I, no. I, up until probably about a week to ago i still you know I kind of flip flopped and you know we did a lot of stuff locally we were certain penny morden was going to win we spoke to the people in and i think there was element. Never,
1: never, I'm sorry, but there was never any chance that Penny Mauden wasn't. No, no, no,
0: absolutely. <laughs> but but the thing that I think, how big was her majority? <laughs> it was vast because she's brilliant MP, and that's fundamentally. But I think when we, I think perhaps in Portsmouth we had a, we had a different view of the world, because if you look at Portsmouth South, you know, people who were following that campaign very closely saw a Labour candidate growing in momentum, sorry, wrong word, but growing in support, having an energy and, a, and an impetus behind him that suggested that if Stephen Morgan's result would have been replicated across the country, then we almost certainly would have had a Labour majority, if not a you know, hung parliament minimum, but I think that's probably why we we had the or I had the oh god this is going to be really really close
1: it's um it's an interesting one um um I mean Stephen is obviously a has a large personal vote yep and has got a large large amount of support in Portsmouth South um and but interestingly he really bucked the trend for the Labour Party nationally yep um but the people that I mean, he had some some of the headline people from the from the um, shadow front bench um, come and come down to Portsmouth during during the campaign. Um, didn't, it, didn't Keir Starmer come down? Didn't yeah, he really Keir Thornberry Starmer was there. Down. Um, so um, so he, you know, at the end of the day, he's he, he's 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 good at doing what doing what he does, and and um, he has a he has a certain personal personal following for that. At the end of the day, um, but it's interesting the distance that he has between him self and you know you, w- you wouldn't kind of put him down as a as a you know as a Corbinista no. as a as, as that so you know at the end of the day there's you know um, he, he he did a really he did a really uh, a really oh. effective job and um, increased increased his majority substantially um, you know neither, neither results in Portsmouth South or nationally went, went the way that I wanted them to go but there's some there's some internal reflection I think in in any I didn't quite get that. well that's interesting thanks Siri yeah. um, there's some reflection basically for anybody other than the Conservatives I mean the Conservatives might even want to do some internal reflection because they might want to be asking themselves how the flipping hell did we manage that because <laughs> um, now the really big thing for them is now that they've broken basically decades of um, hard land uh, you know hard heartland. Sorry, yep. um Labour voting um
0: how do we keep them
1: how, how do they keep them yeah no. and 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 the moment um to be fair it's you know it's early days it's um it's honeymoon period Boris does seem to be doing some things to try and speak to and address that I mean he held his cabinet meeting in Sunderland today he did his press conference in you know his press conference in Sunderland so he he's He's, and he, yeah, I don't know whether it will come to anything, that, that suggestion that, it, that had been floated about, I mean, he, he's obviously floated about lots of fanciful ideas from a bridge to Ireland, from a yeah. bridge in an airport in the middle of the Thames to a garden bridge. But the suggestion that the House of Lords actually move up north.
0: Well, and and that's where I think, you know, as we look ahead now, you know, we've got to get some kind of, we've got to get the, you know, removing from the, withdrawal agreement to the transfer agreement. We've got to get something that works for everybody. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that's absolutely got to happen is it's got to work for the EU. You know, they are our largest trading partner. We're there, you know, we are a significant trading partner to them. It is in everybody's interest. And when I see so many of these stories that come up that say, you know, there was one today which I got involved with about chlorinated chicken and yeah, you know, US says it has to be on the table. Of course the US is going to suggest that they're you know poor farming standards have to be on the table but it doesn't mean we have to accept them you know animal welfare we've been at the forefront within the EU for the last 30 years and we're not just going to throw that all away and that's where you know my my hope has always been that as we have now withdrawn from the EU I I, I always wanted a situation where we could just trade freely. You know, no tariffs, no different arrangements, no... Bre- and, and again, one of the things that I find slightly alien when I is that, you know, we're going to trade freely, except due to the common agricultural policy, tomato growers in Spain and Portugal are subsidised to the extent where it's cheaper for them to grow them there, put them in ref- refrigerated lorries and deliver them to the UK, than it is for a UK tomato grower to grow a tomato well ecologically and in all rationale I could sort of scratch my head a little bit and think that doesn't work for me so my hope going forward is that a we find a common ground that, that works for everybody and b that you know from a conservative standpoint we are putting forward policies and let's face it if you want to find fault you're always going to find fault. But actually, in broad terms, stuff that's better for everybody and balances that, you know, that kind of, well, we've got to make sure the book's balance, but we've also got to invest in the right places. My hope is that that's where we go forward.
1: Um, I think there's a... I mean, at the end of the day, the conversation the conversations that we need to have with other countries about trading uh, about training arrangements and about how they work um my concerns would be that with such a majority um it's difficult for anyone else actually to, to hold the current government to account um if they if they're doing something that, that you know that people don't like um you know will they throw the the fishing industry under the under the metaphorical bus yep. um in order to secure um agreements about uh, about the services inter- industry or to you know, basically to help keep money in london yep. um all of those all of those sorts of things what should they be doing you know as 80 percent of our economy is services based and um, being in the 21st century if we're investing in broadband like um not like corbyn wanted to do but like um johnson was talking about um rollout problem wasn't he as well hmm? did he have a policy about it? so if we're talking about actually having a 21st century economy that's fairly balanced then those services jobs and that parts of the, those parts of the services economy don't need to be concentrated in london they don't need to be concentrated in the southeast where property prices are overheating um that you know that there's a chance to actually take this opportunity as much as it's not the thing i wanted to happen But there's a real opportunity to take this to reinvent our country and think about how do we how do we make our country a fairer place to live uh, and work and for people to raise their children? How do we rebalance the, the problems with our democratic institutions? How do we how do we make sure that the four nations within our union? actually have um meaningful say and control over what happens to them because it's things like that that could actually to be honest with you if you know if we if we were bold enough to look at something like a federal model that would give enough freedom to the you know to the countries or to the regions within our within our union then then wouldn't a lot of the support for you know the SNP and for Scotland leaving the union actually fall away because yeah. that you, you know there isn't so again that concentration of power back into England and I speak back to what I was talking about at the beginning was that ironically the independence the people in favor of Scottish independence their entire argument is exactly the same uh, as the brexiters argument for the united kingdom's yeah, independence yeah, yeah, from no. the eu and it and it just seems strange that the two of them haven't realized that they're both talking about the same thing <laughs> yeah um so yeah, yeah no and, the, the, and
0: even the, at an economic level yeah, the, you know the scotland leaving the union when you look at it purely in cold hard pound shillings and pence you'd be mad to do that but you know kind of there is a there is a there is a move towards it and You know, I guess as we sit here now at, what, 11.13? Yeah, 11.18. Right, 18. We've left the EU. Yeah. Nothing bad has happened. No. And we've got that opportunity now to, you know, time will tell what the future holds. And to be fair, I think there is an element of, as you say, from a voting standpoint, the government can pretty much do what it wants. But I think we live in an age where from a social media standpoint and from a voice of the people that there's never been more opportunity to hold the government to account. And I actually think that whilst he plays the buffoon, Boris is much more of a where is the tide of public opinion going and I want to ride the wave of it rather than swim against it. Um,
1: Well yeah and um, whether that just makes him a clever politician or just an opportunist is is for people to decide but I just think that with that sort of majority if the things that they're saying about wanting to to use their words to level up the country and to basically to you yep. know to, to right the wrongs that there are they've got an the opportunity to uh, and i'm sure that you know one of the biggest things for me would be dealing with, with dealing with our voting system and i know we disagree um about about how our voting system works you're, you're quite happy with first past the post i, I think Loving. we should have something else Absolutely. Um, but nonetheless they've got a majority to be able to do things. the conservatives are never going to basically go for proportional representation nope. so um so the you end know, they're not going to do things like that but they have got the power to to you know they've got the ability to do you know to do the bold things about what do we do about a second chamber is that elected or is that something that's done by jury service or whatever it is so there isn't to be honest, so it doesn't become a basically retirement home for failed politicians that basically cash in loads of money that occasionally actually turn up and are actually some use. Some of them are obviously contributing and yep. doing some stuff, but it's just stuffed to the gunnels with people that any particular party of the day just wants to kind of feel so they've got the kind of their representation in there. And it and at the end of the day, as much as the you know the um, some of the Brexiter arguments was about what they perceived to be the gravy train in Brussels. Um, considering the administration in the EU is actually quite cheaper by percentage than actually the administration in the UK. Um, We've got some things that we can tackle here. Do we need as many MPs? We certainly don't need as many Lords. No. Um, Do they both need to be in the same place in the 21st century? Do we still need to actually walk laws um, from from one One building to another? another? Do we we need to do that? So so there are all these sorts of things that we could be bold about. We could be... Um, really investing are in dealing with um, dealing with abilities, people's ability to get around so infrastructure that people can afford to use instead of it's actually just something that only the rich or the businesses can afford to use and and actually a genuine investment in, in the green technologies because as we're seeing AI is is actually removing those hallowed services jobs that in the 80s we were quite happy to look we we take the pain of losing the industry jobs because we're moving into services and the services jobs we'll get to keep. They won't ever go abroad. Ha ha. Yeah, uh, been, well, some of them did uh, and then some of them got replaced uh, by I've computer. Been, been so, um, so we've got a real, opt- so to me, not where I wanted to be, but let's use this as an opportunity to have a conversation with the country about what sort of country we want to be.
0: And I think that's a that is a beautiful place on on which we can wind up our live broadcast yeah. because you know, kind so, of wind up you were thinking uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> so Simon, ardent remainer and and an absolute gentleman in this podcast. Ah, um, uh, well, we're not remainers and leavers now. No, no, we are. We have moved on beyond yeah. that, and I think you know we're in that situation now where there is that it's going to be something new. It's going to be something different, and I think we we both, whilst we sometimes we scuffle. We both share that, that hope that it is it is better for the many, not the few, and that, um, you know, the hope is you're just trying to get Cal to what ringing? No, he <laughs> Cal did you not see called me comrade the other day when we were talking about social housing?
1: Well, there we go,
0: yeah. So, we're, we're building bridges all over. So, we have left the EU, we have we left. broadcast live. Here we are, nothing has gone wrong, nobody mm. said anything that on social media that which is going to get us sacked yeah. or hung up or any of those things so no.
1: at the end at the end of the day we've all got to we're all going to still whether you're thinking of Portsmouth or the country we're all still living living on this crowded damp island together so we need to we need to get on absolutely um, I just want certainty of answer so that the people that are EU citizens that are working here and are contributing in our NHS for example have got you know we've got some security to kind of know what's happening but let's let's move forward let's um let's um, you know, let's get on. Let's let's, let's again, do it. Let's, let's let's make something of this.
0: So you've been listening to the Pompey Politics podcast.
1: I've been Simon Sansbury.
0: We're still blue and yellow till we die. Yeah, I'm still Simon Sands. He's still Simon Sansbury, I'm still Ian Tiny Morris. Millsy is already asleep from this late night broadcast. Thank you to the multitudes of thousands or four of you that were listening. And if you're catching this, it was there were six six we'll take that
1: unless anyone's going to quickly ring in now look like we, yep. we went to all the trouble to figure out oh, how to do cult, a, li- live phone calls and what you're too shy or just too yeah. drunk i'm not sure but thank you very much those of you that that stayed up to listen to us um we will be available to download in our usual places you can get the podcast on soundcloud and apple podcast and spotify in, and you can also ask amazon alexa to play the podcast so basically wherever you can get your podcasts from so thank you for listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast.
0: Hey. Well, I'm glad nobody said fuck in a loud voice.